Thanks for listening to the Get Over Yourself podcast brought to you by Carol Fit Stationary Bike Program 8-Minute Workouts to Get Super Fit. Perfect Keto, the cleanest, highest potency ketone supplements. MOFO, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Let's get checked at home testing kits. Try lgc.com. Almost heaven, beautiful compact home use sauna kits. Brad's macadamia masterpiece, the mind-blowing nut butter blend. And check out bradkearns.com slash shop my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. The timing of when you eat is more important than what you eat. Our ideal muscle coordination occurs at 2.30 p.m. And this adapts us best to hunt for dinner around that time. Humans are built to burn fat at night as we sleep to lose the excess weight that we don't need. So it's critically important to be leptin sensitive, to have these things take place in the middle of the night while we sleep. It's a masterpiece, it's a masterpiece. Hey, this is gonna be one of my favorite commercials because I get to introduce you to the delicious, nutritious, life-changing Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. This is a mind-blowing nut butter blend that will soon ascend to your number one go-to snack, treat, or accoutrement for anything from dark chocolate, a cucumber celery smear, or mixed in with yogurt, oatmeal, cheesecake, or with a spoon right into your mouth, heading south. Let me, let me, let me tell you what I created in my kitchen through whirlwind experimentation and extreme sampling to my VIP product testing crew across the nation so far with 100% approval. In this beautiful jar, we have macadamia nuts, walnuts, cashews, the rare and precious coconut butter, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, real ancient sea salt, and organic MCT oil. Every single ingredient has been sourced to origin to be the very best we could find from around the world for the absolute highest purity and nutritional value. We run this product in small batches with a boutique family business in the Pacific Northwest, and everything is cold-pressed to preserve nutritional value. So if you like eating healthy, it's a dream come true for all those who are keto, primal, paleo, and vegan vegetarian too. I come in peace, my global healthy living friends. Masterpiece, that is. Try some now, and it will change your life. I promise. If you don't like it, send it back to me. I'll eat it. You can order Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece on Amazon. Simple, simple. Or if you're bold, daring, and adventurous, buy three and get a bottle free at bradventures.com. Buy six and we'll send you eight. Christmas shopping early instead of late at bradventures.com. Check it out. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. Uh. Let's take a journey around our circadian clock. 24 hours of fun and exciting action. This show covers an incredibly rich and informative article that I read on drjackcruise.com. 
dealing with how our circadian clock affects hormone function and all aspects of our biology. So we're going to put in some hard work here, people. It's going to be a pretty thick show with tons of scientific insights and concepts, and I'm going to do my best to work through these and distill the message into simple and actionable takeaways that can improve your health. And if you don't know Dr. Jack Cruz, check out that website. He's a leader in biohacking, anti-aging, living life on the extreme edge of biohacking and cutting edge anti-aging strategies. And he is way out there. And that's what makes him someone worth checking into. He has some critics and second guessers, I understand, but he's clearly extremely advanced in his thinking, his scientific research, and tremendous life experience as a neurosurgeon. So in the article uh, or in the website, you'll learn that he turned his life in a different direction back in 2007. He injured his knee, had to have surgery, and he was weighing in at 357 pounds. So he was disgusted that his health had gone to heck while he was operating and saving so many people's lives. So that's when he decided to immerse himself into the world of alternative health, biohacking, studying like crazy, cranking through a bunch of research articles, cranking out a bunch of wonderful content on his own website. And he kind of landed on this concept that obesity is not caused by uh, eating too many calories and not exercising enough. And this is an insight that's been overturned uh, really nicely uh, by many other people in recent years. Uh, I talk about Dr. Jason Fung's insights a lot on the obesity code where he's talking about uh, it's the hormone imbalances, the excess insulin production, and then how do we get into this pattern of eating too much and producing too much insulin besides making bad food choices Dr. Cruz is coming in uh, from a different direction. Very interesting. So here's a quote. And of course, you can read a lot more about his, uh, it's called the Leptin RX Reset Protocol. Uh, Obesity is not the result of too many calories, not enough exercise, or living a slothful existence. Obesity begins in the eye (gasps) because of an altered spectrum of light. No one understands how artificial light is the driving force behind modern Neolithic diseases tied to mitochondrial dysfunction. And that is Dr. Cruz's main focus. He wants to teach people about the world of quantum biology. So when he got into this game, he lost 133 pounds in one year. And he started curing patients at his Nashville clinic. Uh, And this is what led him to develop this Leptin RX Reset. It's a protocol that acts as brain surgery without ever using a blade. I'm reading promo content from his website. Completely rewiring the hypothalamus by aligning our natural circadian rhythms and mastering the timing of our evolutionary blueprint. Here are some of his findings. First, the timing of when you eat is more important than what you eat. Again, this stuff is now becoming uh, highly accepted. Dr. Panda down at San Diego, the Salk Institute is being referenced a lot for his time-restricted feeding studies and showing that uh, two groups eating the same amount of calories, but one group eating in a compressed eating window fares much better than the other group who has their calories consumed over a longer time period. So that's the popularity of the time-restricted feeding, eating in a compressed time window. That's a centerpiece of Sisson and I's upcoming book, Two Meals a Day, is just eating less frequently 
not snacking, just having a couple nice meals uh, can turn your uh, metabolic function around, your fat loss goals, everything. So uh, next on the bullet points of Dr. Cruz's discoveries and the centerpiece of the Leptin RX Reset, snacking or eating small meals every two to three hours as commonly advocated by conventional medicine all but guarantees lifelong obesity. Yes, the snacking is particularly problematic. Uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan explains this really well, and she talks about that in some of our past podcasts. But every time you snack, you shut down body fat burning in order to burn the calories that you just consumed. So even if you're consuming a high-fat snack that's favored by the keto community, as long as it meets the macros and doesn't spike insulin, it's okay. But if you're consuming fat bombs all day, keep in mind that you're going to burn those fat calories rather than the body fat calories. And Dr. Kate explains that anything you consume will cause an insulin response. So this snacking, this boosting blood sugar, Uh, with the energy bars and the entire industry that's built around snacking. Bad deal. Okay, next insight from Dr. Cruz. Anyone can lose massive amounts of weight without ever counting a calorie. Next, rigorous cardiovascular exercise like long-distance running or other routines that are chronic in nature lead to stem cell reduction and shave years off the end of your life. Again, a notion that seemed radical probably at the time when he was uh, putting his message out there originally, 2008, 2009. I remember people turning their heads going, what's this guy talking about? And now this is being widely regarded as accurate and the extreme dangers of chronic cardio. I'm going to do a whole show pretty soon called Why I Ditched Jogging and Transform My Daily Exercise Centerpiece into something different that has broader fitness benefits and less downside risk associated with chronic cardio. Final insight from Dr. Cruz on the bulleted list from his website, eating fats that conventional medicine has told us to shun is ideal for optimal health. Again, widely regarded as uh, a centerpiece of the ancestral health movement, lots of science turning those notions on their ear now, and finally realizing that processed carbohydrates are the true uh, culprit and disease driver in the modern diet, and that natural nutritious fats, of course, not the manufactured fats like the industrial seed oils, is what he's talking about. Okay, here we go, people. Buckle your seatbelt. And again, we're going to throw some science at you, but I'm hoping that you'll be able to extract the uh, the basic insight, a basic understanding that'll help you make good decisions as we go around our circadian clock. Uh, So this is going to be a lot of quoting from this lengthy article on Dr. Cruz's website, but also my editorializing and kind of uh, twisting some of the words to to make it more readable and compress the duration of the article a little bit. So how does our day begin and how does it evolve? Here go the story of the modern quote, warm adapted human circadian cycle. Uh, So it should be noted that Dr. Cruz is a huge cold exposure enthusiast. He takes ice baths that last up to an hour. He was one of the first guys I'd ever heard about that did this stuff. This is now at least 10 years ago. Uh, So when he says warm adapted, he's also going to talk about in the article the many, many benefits of becoming or or, uh, rekindling our ability to be cold adapted. And so we'll learn about how cold therapy can positively impact your metabolism, your health, your ability to burn body fat, and especially in the category of postmenopausal females. So trip out on that. I keep telling Mia more. she's got to jump in the chest freezer. She wouldn't think of it, but 
maybe by the time you listen to this show, uh, some of you postmenopausal females will be compelled, intrigued. Okay, so during the show, you're going to hear a lot about a couple hormones. So I want to provide a definition out of the gate so we can reference when we hear them uh, mentioned in passing. First is leptin. Official definition, it's a hormone released from fat cells located in the adipose tissues, and it sends signals to the hypothalamus in the brain. This particular hormone helps regulate and alter long-term food intake and energy expenditure, not just from one meal to the next. I come to understand leptin as the prominent satiety, fat storage, and reproductive fitness hormone, one of the most important hormones in the body right up there with insulin. Dr. Ron Rosedale, author of The Rosedale Diet, he's a strong uh, promoter of the importance of leptin and deep into the science of leptin, and he talks about it being the the control tower for uh, your metabolism and the prominent driving force of the human, the most prominent biological drive is to be fit for reproductive fitness, right? And leptin is a strong uh, influencer of that. So it determines how much you're going to eat and what you're going to do with those calories, whether you're going to store them as fat or whether you're going to burn them, all in the interest of achieving reproductive fitness. Okay, the next uh, hormone that we're going to talk about a lot is prolactin, most commonly known as the prompter of manufacturing breast milk. But prolactin has a number of important metabolic functions. It regulates behavior, immune function, metabolism, reproductive systems, and many different bodily fluids. This makes it a crucial hormone for overall health and well-being for both men and women. So the production of prolactin is controlled by two main hormones. Dopamine, you know that as the instant gratification, the pleasure-seeking hormone, the burst of pleasure that gets from a dopamine hit. And then secondly, estrogen. So these hormones, dopamine and estrogen, send a message to the pituitary gland primarily indicating whether to begin or cease the production of prolactin. Dopamine restrains the production of prolactin while estrogen increases it. Okay, so that's our uh, advanced information before we go into these 21 different insights provided by Dr. Cruz taking us around the 24-hour clock. Are you ready to rumble? Here we go. Number one out of 21, remember. Our brain wakes up with a morning surge of cortisol. That's the prominent fight-or-flight hormone. We often talk about it in a negative context when we're producing too much cortisol from overly stressful exercise or lifestyle patterns or staying up too late at night, blasting our eyeballs with artificial light, and this causes spikes in cortisol. Uh, the brain, the hormonal system thinking that it's sunny, thinking you need to stay awake, so you get in that surge of cortisol. Of course, uh, first thing in the morning, in association with sunrise, ideally, that's the best time to wake up for a bunch of reasons that we'll learn about as we dip into the, the story here. Uh, so this is a positive and desirable surge of cortisol. This is what turns our brain on at 6 a.m. And of course, when you hear these timestamps from Dr. Cruz's article, these are going to be generalizations. Obviously, your circadian rhythm is highly influenced by what latitude you live at and what time of year. So if you're on the equator and your days only vary by an hour, hour and a half around the year, everything can uh, fall into perfect place. But if you're up in the uh, northern territories like Scandinavia, uh, Canada, Alaska, you're going to have a huge variation in seasonal and has a 
tremendous influence on your health and hormonal function. So we're going to just go with these generalizations. I would like you to know this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited extensively from online therapy. Some experts contend that you can be more vulnerable than you might be in person. What I value the most is actionable insights and specific honest feedback. I don't need someone just listening to me. I want to get some practical tips and I can definitely get that from a remote therapist. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, Maybe you're hesitant to drive across town and go into some building. Why don't you give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, because getting the best fit and the most comfortable connection is very important. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bradpod, B-R-A-D-P-O-D. That's betterhelp.com slash bradpod today to get 10% off your first month. Again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bradpod and get on your way to being your best self. Let's say we're living in the main swath of the Northern Hemisphere where most of the world's population is contained and 6 a.m. is generally pretty close to sunrise. Okay, so uh, VIP, vasoactive intestinal peptide, VIP, helps do this in long light cycles. That is uh, prompt the surge of cortisol. VIP is highest at 6 a.m. and lowest at 6 p.m. So another hormone that's highest in the morning is ghrelin, the prominent stimulator of hunger. Ghrelin is made in the stomach and it has a half-life of one hour. Ghrelin sends a signal directly to our pituitary gland and it influences our metabolism. This is why the circadian cycle in the stomach in the morning is critical to optimal health. I have even more notes here about leptin, so I want you to really understand it. Uh, When leptin signaling is efficient between the brain and the digestive system, back and forth, the signaling, you eat an optimal amount of calories. When leptin signaling is compromised due to assorted adverse lifestyle practices, especially that introduction of too much artificial light after dark, you don't get the satiety signal and you tend to store fat rather than burn it. Uh, Notice I'm using the word signaling, leptin signaling being optimal rather than high levels or low levels of leptin. So it's a little more nuanced than, let's say, insulin, where you want to lower your insulin rather than have too much insulin. And what we're really talking about is the signaling. So it's different than high and low. Sometimes, uh, even with uh, the example of insulin resistance, you're producing a lot of insulin, but your body is not accepting that signal very well. So you're overproducing insulin and it's not working as intended because your insulin signaling is off. Same with leptin signaling. Okay, back to the story. Circadian cycles for the obese are dramatically altered compared to non-obese individuals in the morning. In the normal person, ghrelin is high when cortisol is highest in the early morning. Then ghrelin drops quickly when food is eaten. Of course, the ghrelin being the hunger hormone, you eat food, you satisfy it, and boom, down goes ghrelin. Uh, Dr. Kate says ghrelin gets your stomach growling. So truly the sensations, the noise that you hear in your stomach when you're hungry is ghrelin doing its thing. However, in the obese, 
ghrelin is much lower in the morning than expected, and when food is eaten, ghrelin stays elevated for an extended amount of time. Okay, due to the metabolic dysfunction caused by obesity, you eat a meal, you're supposed to feel satisfied, ghrelin's supposed to drop down, but instead it stays elevated, causing you to consume extra calories. Let's move on to 6.45 a.m. This is where we see the sharpest rise in blood pressure in the entire day. This is due to many activated systems in the body getting us ready to fully supply blood to all the vital areas to get us motivated to begin our day and in our ancestral example to go searching for food. This period of rapid blood pressure rise is why we see so many cardiac deaths occur early in the morning while still asleep or just waking up. This is also when cortisol is the highest, so high risk for heart attack if you're in bad shape to begin with. Okay, the insight number three is at daybreak when sun hits the retina. The photic stimulus begins to shut off the secretion of melatonin from the pineal gland in the brain. Remember, melatonin is strongly associated with uh, getting you sleepy, helping you go to sleep. It has many other important uh, metabolic functions in the body. It's a powerful antioxidant. And so it's not just the sleep hormone, but it is what gets us ready for sleep in the evening. And then with sun, boom, that melatonin is shut down and converting over to serotonin, which is a mood elevating hormone. Uh, so morning sunlight contains mostly infrared light at daybreak. And as we approach noon, the ultraviolet light frequencies start to appear on the skin. That's kind of an aside from Dr. Cruz, but it's nice to know that the sunlight uh, shuts down melatonin. So excerpt from uh, Keto for Life, one of our books, just to further explain this uh, transaction of uh, sunlight hitting your retina. When that morning sun hits the retina and receptors and skin cells throughout the body, remember that, that our entire body is light sensitive and uh, triggering associated hormonal functions. So when you try to go to sleep uh, with a blindfold on, but you still have the TV on or lights in the room, for whatever reason, your skin cells are still getting the message that it's light out. So that's why it's so important to have a pitch dark room to sleep in. Okay, uh, so when the light hits the retina and the skin cells, the signal travels through the optic nerve to other regions of the brain, including the pineal gland. The light cue prompts melatonin levels to fall and serotonin and cortisol to spike within 30 minutes of waking. Adenosine, that's another neurotransmitter, levels decrease steadily as you sleep and are low when you awaken increasing alertness. Uh, the adenosine cortisol serotonin effect is most effective closest to dawn, which is another reason why you want to try to wake up in association with sunrise because it makes it so easy to get up and get energized naturally with all the hormones flowing and kicking into gear when the sun comes up. Okay, so number four on the list of 21. Are you hanging with me? How are you feeling so far? All right, all right. At 7.30 a.m., Usually after an hour of sunlight, melatonin is completely shut off in the brain. Number five, at 8.30 a.m., the gut has been awakened and peristalsis becomes more vigorous. That's the movement of your colon, right, to uh, prompt a bowel movement. Peristalsis becomes more vigorous and bowel movements getting rid of yesterday's food are likely. This happens by protons flowing to move serotonin sulfated, sulfated meaning snuffed out like a sulfated battery, it's protons flowing to move serotonin sulfated by the light of the gut microbiome to get to the brainstem 
to turn into sulfated melatonin. So remember, serotonin converts into melatonin in the evening. If that's a little confusing, remember that uh, you start your good night sleep in the morning by getting that serotonin boost in association with sunlight. And so you're now setting yourself up uh, 12 hours later to convert that serotonin into melatonin and initiate the uh, go-to-sleep processes. So uh, for contrasting example, if you like to sleep until noon and mess things up and all this light has been happening, but you're not really elevating serotonin because you're still asleep under the covers, uh, you're going to have a difficult time uh, triggering that uh, beautiful dim light melatonin onset process in the evening uh, within the uh, hours, a couple hours after it gets dark. Okay, so 8.30 a.m., this bowel movement is stimulated if food is eaten around this time as well. This is called the gastrocolic reflex. Cortisol, aldosterone, that's another stress hormone, and ghrelin are all raised at this time to drive activity, increase our blood pressure, and stimulate feeding. This is all tied to morning sunlight stimulus, and it's blocked when we wear clothes or are indoors at work in the morning. So not just getting up in association with sunrise, but getting out and exposing your skin cells and your eyeballs to direct sunlight to achieve these wonderful hormonal processes that give you that uh, natural energy, uh, the adenosine cortisol serotonin effect, as well as the gastrocolic reflex. So you want to uh, get your digestive tract, your elimination system going as well. Uh, you heard a couple comments that uh, the ghrelin is high and we are prepared to eat food first thing in the morning. So this is an optimal time to consume calories. We're most insulin sensitive in the morning as well. However, we all know that it's an extremely popular practice to try to fast for as long as possible in the morning uh, and eat your first meal at midday, uh, achieve this uh, 16 hours fasted, eight hours compressed eating window pattern, uh, many other reasons uh, that you might have heard in other shows and other resources that uh, it's really healthy to, uh, to fast in the morning. So those are not those two insights are not at odds. We are definitely primed to consume calories in the morning, uh, but especially in modern life, I feel like uh, a really popular goal is to try and reduce excess body fat. So we're not operating as perfect metabolic humans anyway. So doing something like uh, delaying that first morning meal until you uh, really uh, require uh, calories to continue to function well, uh, you can't take it anymore. You know what I mean? When your appetite is really high, uh, that can be a healthy habit and can kick you into uh, high fat burning mode uh, during those morning hours. So it's a, it's a good time uh, to fast if you want to. And then there's quite a few people that will take a nice nutritious morning meal taking advantage of that insulin sensitivity and perhaps fasting through uh, the busy, stressful workday when there might not be an opportune time to uh, create a relaxed environment, chew your food completely, uh, enjoy that meal, and then get right back to work. So it depends, I think, mostly on your daily schedule, your convenience factor, and knowing that if you eat a nutritious meal in the morning, that's certainly aligned with health, uh, as is fasting. Okay, so... Now we go to insight number six. Around 9 to 10 a.m., we have the highest secretions of sex steroid hormones in humans, and these pulsatile crescendos lead to our highest alertness at around 10 a.m. 
And this allows us, again, going back to the uh, genetic ancestral example, it allows us to explore our environment. You can also uh, infer that this is the prime time for sexual activity and arousal. So who knew that sex was the morning delight rather than the afternoon delight? Hey, man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gainswave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gainswave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gainswave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary band-aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gainswave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainswave from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gainswave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit Gainswave.com Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Okay, checkpoint, <clears throat> and on we go with our day. Number seven, our ideal muscle coordination occurs at 2.30 p.m., and this adapts us best to hunt for dinner around that time. An hour later, we see our fastest reaction times develop from our motor systems in our central nervous system. So, best time to exercise or perform a high-intensity workout, just from a circadian uh, perspective, right? It doesn't mean that you should go switch from your morning class to the 2.30 p.m. class or what have you, uh, but it's just an interesting insight to know that our physical body is primed for peak performance at uh, 2.30 p.m. 3.30 p.m. is the fastest central nervous system reaction time. Okay, number eight on the list of 21. I know, we're cranking through this. At 5 p.m., Humans exhibit their greatest cardiovascular efficiency, allowing for maximal exercising or hunting. Okay, so we need to expand that window from 2.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. So again, muscle coordination, 2.30, 5 p.m., cardiovascular efficiency. So really, that is a nice window to contemplate exercise. Uh, this 5 p.m. time frame also occurs during a period of time when we have the best rates of protein synthesis in our body. 
This is the optimal time for exercise. Number nine, the sun falls at 6 p.m., right, give or take. We begin to see a major change in the cardiovascular system about a half an hour after sunset. 6.30 p.m., highest blood pressures due to changes in atrial natric factor and antidiuretic hormone, ANF and ADF, respectively, in the renin-aldosterone axis. So again, we had high blood pressure uh, first thing in the morning, and then we have a high blood pressure period at 6.30 p.m. Uh, when this, uh, these blood pressure changes occur over the next 30 minutes from 6.30 to 7, we begin to see a gradual rise in body temperature as leptin and interleukin-6 is released from our fat stores with Agouti's help, A-G-O-U-T-I. After dinner is eaten, this signals the brain about our fat mass and our inflammatory status. If you haven't heard of that term agouti, uh, you can Google it and you'll discover that it's a funny looking little rodent. <laughs> That's the first definition that comes up. But agouti is also a neuropeptide produced in the brain that has a powerful signaling effect to increase appetite, decrease metabolism and energy expenditure. Again, this is kicking into gear 30 minutes after the sunset. So it's known as one of the most potent and long-lasting appetite stimulators. I guess ancestrally, we were wanting to keep busy hunting, gathering, uh, building our shelter during the day. We had the muscle coordination, the cardiovascular function. And then when the sun sets, time to eat, relax, slow down. Okay. So for the next two to three hours, this is insight number 12, leptin levels slowly rise as insulin levels fall. Adenoponectin levels also fall during this time. These fat hormone signals are what activate adenosine system in our bodies. Adenosine, remember, is created over the course of the day. It's low in the morning, which increases wakefulness. And then as you start to accumulate it, accumulate it, high levels of adenosine will lead to sleepiness on cue in the evening, uh, as with melatonin as well. And that's insight number 13. Adenosine peaks at 10 p.m., and then the circadian clock allows for melatonin secretion after three to four hours of total darkness. Hmm, interesting there, huh? So we really want three to four hours of total darkness to get that familiar sensation of sleepiness, heavy eyes that wants us to go to sleep. Raise your hand if you're achieving three to four hours of total darkness or as dark as possible with uh, modern circumstances. Uh, oh boy, that's a tough one. And again, if that's not happening for you every single day, uh, you're compromising some of these uh, optimal hormonal processes, antioxidant repair functions that happen in association with uh, melatonin's rise and continued uh, elevation overnight. So yeah, we're going to try to achieve a darker evenings for three to four hours. Okay. Uh, serum leptin levels are rising quickly now too with the help of agouti as it's released from the fat cells to enter the brain. Agouti is also highest at this time of night, even in a normal person. Number 14, these trends continue and the gastrointestinal tract is slowly shut down by the circadian clocks around 11.30 p.m. and bowel movements are shut down for the night. This means that the vagus nerve is quiet. Okay, so if you are interfering with that, super, super bad deal to be shoveling down one more 
a handful of popcorn or square of dark chocolate or bowl of cereal binge uh, late at night while you're watching TV and blasting your eyeballs with artificial light, suppressing the important hormones that uh, prompt sleepiness and getting a good night's sleep. But that GI tract is closed for business. Uh, I've often heard from other sources that after the sun sets, your GI tract is really wanting to mellow out, start to get some rest, and it's not really uh, primed to digest a meal, especially a big meal. So we want to do the best we can there. Uh, Ben Greenfield has talked about this too and says that, you know what, man, Uh, with my family, we're busy during the day and we quite often eat big meals after dark. So too bad. So if Ben Greenfield's okay prioritizing social times and family connection over the exact optimal time to eat a meal, uh, maybe you can uh, not worry too much about it. But especially in the summertime when there's more uh, hours of light before it gets dark, uh, we can make a better effort to try to get those meals in uh, before it gets dark on the earlier side of the evening. Uh, Mia Moore and I were just talking about that the other day because we uh, went out to dinner and then uh, took our evening walk and lake swim after dinner because we went out to dinner so early to take advantage of happy hour, yo. And it was very nice to have the dinner done instead of the other way around where we're out there uh, taking a walk, going swimming, coming home, and then starting to prepare dinner. And it's getting really late, especially in the summer. So if you can put that dinner earlier, great news. Now, on to number 15. At midnight, leptin begins to enter the hypothalamus to bind to its receptor there. It signals energy reserves. So I interpret this to mean that now your body's going to uh, kick over and start burning stored energy for the rest of the night. In diurnal animals, sleepiness occurs as the circadian element causes the release of the hormone melatonin and a gradual decrease in core body temperature. That's another big reason or a big prompter of sleep is you got to get that core temperature low. Uh, if you're heated, overheated for whatever reason, your environment's really hot in the summer, uh, take a cold shower before you go to bed. Works really well. I've jumped in the ice tub a couple few times, not very often. It's a little bit of a shock uh, to then try to go to sleep because you are getting that desirable hormone spike that happens in the morning cold exposure, uh, but a cool shower, nothing too troubling that's going to cause a stress hormone spike is a great prompter of sleep. This drop in body temperature is the stimulus to change sulfated serotonin to sulfated melatonin. The timing is affected by one's chronotype. Oh, okay, so there's a little plug for night owls and whatnot. But again, we're trying to optimize circadian function and get up uh, near sunrise in the morning and wind things down after the sun sets. Number 16, it's the circadian rhythm that determines the ideal timing of a correctly structured and restorative sleep episode. Melatonin, the hormone from the pineal gland, is called the darkness hormone, and it's of great importance in the functioning of the SCN. That's the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is located in the hypothalamus. As you may know, the hypothalamus is the control tower for all hormonal and metabolic function in the body. It regulates body temperature, hunger, important aspects of parenting and attachment behaviors, thirst, fatigue, sleep, and circadian rhythms. So the SCN located in the hypothalamus is the main arbiter of circadian rhythm in the body. Sunlight hits the SCN and the hormonal cascades are kickstarted. So the most important target of 
melatonin in humans appears to be the SCN, as the SCN contains the highest density for melatonin receptors. So this super-duper effect that melatonin has on the SCN, it has both an immediate effect and a long-term effect, has encouraged its worldwide use against the ill effects of jet lag. Melatonin application has been found to be useful in synchronizing the endogenous circadian rhythms, not only in people who suffer from jet lag, but also in blind individuals, patients with dementia, and shift workers. With seasonal changes in night duration, there are parallel changes in the duration of melatonin secretion, and this leads to more secretion in the winter as compared to summer. In the cold environments of fall and winter, melatonin couples to ENOS, that's endothelial NOS, also known as nitric oxide synthase, and not to light levels. Again, in the cold environments of fall and winter, melatonin couples to endothelial NOS instead of night levels. ENOS is an enzyme that generates vasoprotective molecule NO, nitric oxide, which serves as a major weapon to fight vascular disease. In warm, adapted humans in the tropics, the light remains the focus of SCN entrainment year-round. Oh, potentially confusing there, uh, but there's a takeaway here that uh, we're now making this artificially lit year-round life instead of actually having a cold fall and winter like our ancestors did. And so that could be compromising our production of the extremely important vasoprotective molecule, nitric oxide. Now we're tied to light year-round with our melatonin production. And guess what? When we have those lights on all winter so that it doesn't get dark at five, but rather at 10 or 11 inside our house, uh, this is a, a huge health hazard. Number 17, I know we're working through it pretty fast, and 21 is right around the corner. I'll finish the show after we hit the 21, but then there's going to be a whole nother follow-up show with insights about what happens when we screw things up and how we can make things better. So here we are with 17. After four hours of darkness, melatonin secretion increases, and this allows plasma leptin to enter the hypothalamus if we are sensitive to its receptor. If we are leptin-resistant, which is associated with obesity and all kinds of disease states, this process can no longer occur. Number 18, once leptin enters and binds to its receptors, if we're healthy, it affects the lateral hypothalamic tracts to immediately send a second messenger signal to the thyroid to signal it to upregulate thyroid function and efficiency. This is how we can raise our basal metabolic rate when we're leptin sensitive. These coupled events, matched with leptin's actions peripherally in the muscles, occur at the UCP3 sites, these are mitochondrial uncoupling proteins, to burn fat as we sleep at a higher basal metabolic rate. Again, I said there's going to be some science thrown in here, but hey, if you want to just skip to the big picture insight, if you are not leptin sensitive, you are screwed because you're not even burning fat well while you sleep, as would someone who has healthy metabolic function. So 
uh, back to uh, the description. This means the electron transport chain does not make ATP as usual. When leptin allows this uncoupling to occur, we make heat and not energy from normal metabolism. This means we will burn off our excess calories as pure heat. This is one reason why calories in and calories out argument makes no biological sense once you understand how leptin works. Humans are built to burn fat at night as we sleep to lose the excess weight that we don't need. So it's critically important to be leptin sensitive, to have these things take place in the middle of the night while we sleep. And this is why number 19 is a big one. The timing of leptin is so critical. It usually occurs between 12 and 3 a.m. and is tied to when you last ate and how much darkness your SCN, your suprachiasmatic nucleus, has seen. This generally occurs soon after our hypothalamus releases another hormone called prolactin from our pituitary gland in the brain. Number 20, the surge of prolactin is normally quite large in normal darkness, but is significantly diminished in artificially lit environments after sunset. The reason is that prolactin release is coordinated with sleep cycles where autophagy is at its highest efficiency and where growth hormone is released. If this is diminished by, guess it, artificial light and so forth, we generally see lower DHEA levels clinically. That's the prominent uh, sex hormone that uh, prompts the healthy uh, levels of uh, reproductive hormones testosterone, estrogen, so forth. We generally see lower DHEA levels clinically and higher interleukin-6 levels on cytokine arrays. That just means uh, inflammation patterns rather than healthy sex hormone production. This is a measure of uncoupling of sleep from normal metabolism. I base every biohack I do on this step in circadian biology because it is the most important. That's the surge of prolactin that we want in total darkness at 12 to 3 a.m. so that leptin will work efficiently. Number 21, this normal large circadian prolactin surge we should see at around midnight after leptin enters the brain does not happen if the patient has leptin resistance, sleep apnea, or has eaten food too close to bedtime. And that's a three to four hour window that Cruz wants from our last meal to bedtime. These things that we just mentioned block leptin's ability to enter the brain because of the insulin spike from the meal. As mentioned above, this step is usually impaired if you are a postmenopausal female as well. This is often why older women sleep badly and gain weight they cannot seem to lose in the gym, even with a good paleo template and good exercise habits. You've heard that complaint so frequently that after menopause, everything changes and their body composition goes to heck. Well, let's look at these evening patterns. We want that leptin to enter the brain. We want it to do its thing to prompt the prolactin surge. So no eating within three to four hours of bedtime, no excess artificial light, digital stimulation after dark, and getting up uh, in association with sunrise to get that adenosine, serotonin, cortisol spike that leads to the melatonin uh, release in the evening on cue. Okay. Uh, this is another reason why Cruz is a big advocate for bioidentical hormone optimization in women. This need is greatest in women who are warm adapted, and the need is lowest in cold adapted females because their leptin levels are already low due to the cold. Uh, 
postmenopausal women who are cold adapted tend to do amazingly well clinically in most disease parameters. The main problem they face is their vanity and dogma to keep them from using cold pathways to become rock stars as they age. Oh my gosh, ladies, go look at Brad Kern's Chest Freezer Cold Therapy, the YouTube video. I explain the whole thing about how to get started with a cold therapy practice. I know the cold tub is pretty uh, hardcore, maybe not the most appealing to that uh, demographic of uh, postmenopausal females as opposed to super duper biohacking males from the age of 24 to 45, uh, but at least you could get started considering the practice of a cold shower and working toward uh, more cold exposure. And there's all assortment of ways to uh, become cold adapted. One of them is to underdress when you go out for an evening walk or just have some periods of time where you're underdressed and getting yourself cold a little bit once in a while instead of always being perfectly dressed and avoiding that icky cold water. Thank you so much for listening to part one of the journey around the circadian clock inspired by Dr. Jack Cruz. And we'll come back with takeaway insights and what to do if some of this stuff is broken. All right. Good work. Way to hang in there. Hey folks, how about a non-drinker telling you what kind of alcohol you should drink? That's right. It's pseudo sommelier Brad Kearns here to recommend dry farm wines. Why? Because if you choose to drink, I want you to be healthy and make a superior choice to the mainstream commercial wines. Listen to my podcast with Dry Farm Wines founder Todd White. The insights were astonishing, especially that most all commercial wines are loaded with dozens of chemicals that the FDA allows in your wine, but don't have to be listed on the label. And the sugar, oh my goodness, the sugar levels can be as much or more per liter than Coca-Cola, but difficult to taste due to the acidity in the wine. Dry Farm Wines is a membership club where you're shipped hand-picked wines from old-world family-run vineyards in France, Italy, Greece, and Sicily. These wines come from non-irrigated vineyards hundreds of years old that deliver a tastier, higher antioxidant grape, and they're independent lab certified to be completely free from chemical additives and naturally 100% sugar-free. That's right, the sugar was allowed to ferment out instead of be arrested by chemical intervention in the name of pleasing the average consumer palate that has a sweet tooth. The Dry Farm Wines Club has taken off like crazy because ancestral and keto enthusiasts, people who care about their health, appreciate a sugar-free wine. You'll enjoy the variety, the taste, and the pleasant sensation in the aftermath of burning through the alcohol buzz and going on with your life without a hangover. So if you care about your carb intake and your overall health, Dry Farm Wines has a special promotion for podcast listeners. Get your first bottle for a penny when you enroll at dryfarmwines.com slash brad or click on the Dry Farm Wines at the bradkerns.com shopping page. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves because they need to. Thanks for doing it.